This is Fair Examination on the Mormon Faircast. Fair Examination takes a close look at interesting and sometimes difficult issues facing the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and its members. This is the second part of a three-part interview. So Alyssa, uh, how did the dating relationship go after that first dance? Well, it went quickly. Um, I had not had that many people who I had dated um, before that point in time in my life. There, I, there were several people who um, I had gone on a date with or, you know, considered dating perhaps, but but I'd never even been in a relationship that I would say was, was really a true boyfriend-girlfriend relationship. Um, and, and a lot of it, I think, had to do with the fact that, as I mentioned, my degree is in chemical engineering. And it seemed like there were many opportunities where I would interact with, with different men who would talk to me and um, were very happy conversing with me until the subject got to what it was that I was studying in school. And as soon as they found out, they stopped having any interest in even even having a conversation, let alone wanting to date me. Um, and so it was hard because I never I never had very many people to date. But with with Joshua, it was actually really funny because I had just graduated, so I was no longer a student. And I was so happy about the fact that I didn't have to admit to anyone that I was um, an engineer right away. And yet, it was probably the third question he asked me that first night we met um, while we were dancing. He actually asked what degree I held. And I had just graduated with my Ph.D., and I thought that was the oddest question to ask, but, um, but I had to tell him that I had a Ph.D., and what it was in was in chemical engineering. Um, and so he knew already, and he was still really interested in going out with me. I thought it was incredibly sexy. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that made me feel really good. Um, we, we started dating... Um, I mean, it took a couple of days. I mean, he, he wasn't super proactive, which was probably a good thing. Um, he gave me a couple of days after we met um, before he called. Then we, we talked a little bit over the phone. And then he asked me out on a second date. Um, but within the first several weeks, we'd been on multiple, multiple dates. And we're spending, like, weekends pretty much together most of the time. So it was it was really fast as far as I was concerned. Yeah. And which put me in an odd position because I had come out to my ward a year earlier, and so I was openly gay. But when do you introduce that subject into your dating relationship? You're supposed to put your best foot forward, and it's not the first thing you say, but you should say it eventually. Um, and then I started having a lot of those same feelings of that that ten, that tightness in me, where I just I was felt like I was faking it, where I just wasn't comfortable. And I hadn't had those feelings for a long time because I had been openly gay. But you didn't want to you didn't want to mess this up with Alyssa then. Yeah, and things were really going good. And so, were you feeling a sense of attraction toward her by this point? No. Okay. Not a sexual attraction. Um, like I said, I, I do make friends well with women. Well, okay, let me take that back a bit. We, I kissed her on the second date, which was amazing for me, and I wanted to kiss her. Um, I wanted to give her a peck, uh, which I did, um, and that's all I was comfortable with. I. I felt like... How common was that for you with, with uh, other dates you had been on? Me? Yeah, I mean, had you felt like that you wanted to give other girls you'd been on dates with a peck, you know, or was it, um, or before that had it been more of a forced situation if you had kissed a girl? It definitely would have been forced. I 
don't do a lot of things that I feel forced to. I kissed one other um, girl, and I wanted to kiss her. And it was a year after we had we we had date. It was the girl who we broke up with the because of the pornography. Oh, okay. And we kind of got back together again a year later, and it's when we got back together again that I kissed her. And so, um, are you telling me that before Alyssa, you had only ever kissed one other girl? One other girl, yes. Okay, and so. By the second date, do you say you kissed Alyssa? Yes. Okay. Alyssa, at what point did you find out about Joshua's same-sex attractions? Well, it was, I think, about three weeks after we had started dating. Um, so not not the first dance, but after we'd actually, like, started dating. Um, and And he was actually getting prepared to take a trip where he was going to be gone for about a week. And as, as he just had mentioned, he'd started to build up more tension. Um, he had attributed this a lot to the fact that his trip was coming up um, and there were some other things going on at work that were making him a little tense. Um, but he wanted to take me out one last time before he was going to be gone for a while. Um, and and she chose the restaurant, and she decided to take me to a restaurant in the Castro District. It was very close to where he was taking me dancing that night. And so there were more op- same-sex couples in the restaurant than there were opposite-sex couples, and I felt a little uncomfortable. Okay, so the, the Castro District, I guess, is sort of a predominantly gay area? Yes, it is the most famous gay area in the whole entire world. <laughs> okay, I didn't know that. Okay, so you're there at, at this restaurant that's got a lot of gay couples. Yeah, I had noticed some of them, but I was pretty oblivious. I mean, yeah, the two guys, two girls, but to me it was obvious that the guys were together and the girls were together. <laughs> okay. And I just didn't care. Uh-huh. So... She has a lot of coworkers who are gay. Uh huh. Okay. And in same-sex relationships as well. You know, True. and that and that's that, that's an interesting point we hadn't um, touched on before, Alyssa. What was your prior experience with people who experienced same-sex attraction? You had coworkers. Um, what about um, you know experiences in the church or um, you know family members or anything? Did you have any close friends who experienced same-sex attraction? So, um, before I had gotten to Berkeley, I really had, um, I had one neighbor who lived right across the street where she had decided to divorce her husband and, um, said that she was actually lesbian and wanted to have a same sex partner instead of her husband, um, that was weird. Um, she was the mother of, of a good friend. And, um, uh, but, you know, as soon as, as the divorce happened and things, uh, my friend ended up moving with her father. And I didn't really see her anymore. And, I mean, we're still good friends with with the person who is our you know, neighbor. Um, but it's not like... I mean, she, she's a different generation from me, so I didn't have a lot of experience, you know, talking to her or interacting with her on any meaningful sort of way. So it's not like I interacted with, with her very much. It had been mostly through her daughter. Right. And and even then, because she'd moved, it I didn't have a close relationship with her. So, I, I mean, I'd heard of it happening. It, it You know, I saw it happen in, in a family in, in the area I lived in, but, but other than that, it was, I, I had no exposure to the SSA world or issues or, or really anybody that was gay, but I went to Berkeley and, uh, very quickly joined a laboratory where the principal investigator of the lab, um, was himself openly gay and he lived with a partner and they had adopted two children and, um, that meant that he happened to attract a lot of other people who were both, you know, gay or, and or les- lesbian into his lab. And 
many of them had same-sex partners or were dating or, um, you know, things. And one person in particular became a very good friend, um, and we, we spent a lot of time doing um, various activities, especially rock climbing, together. He was Which my is also partner. incredibly sexy. <laughs> and, um, so, in, so I had a lot of interaction with, with a lot of different people who had, um, you know, very strong opinions about being openly gay and living that lifestyle um, pretty much from the time I, I got into graduate school until the time I finished my postdoc. Okay. So you're at dinner with Joshua in the Castro district and then what happened? Um, well, so we went, we went to a, a club afterwards to go dancing. Um, and, and we got there and it wasn't quite what, uh, Joshua had been there before, but it, it wasn't the same sort of experience, uh, this time around because, uh, the music they were playing was very different and, and different things. And so we went outside for a break for a few minutes and, and he was just so tense. It was, it was really remarkable. Um, and I finally decided to ask him what was going on. I was sort of assuming it was something to do with this trip that was coming up and he just wasn't ready um, and, and so I, I said, you know, why, why are you so tense? Um, he found a table and sat down and I'm like, okay, I don't think I'm going to get the answer I was expecting here. <laughs> and then he kind of, well, so I had been through this a million times in my head. Because even before I was completely open, I knew that if I were to get married, I would want them to know what was going on. And so the biggest thing for me is I wanted them to know that I still loved them. Or I wasn't at that point with her, so it still liked her. And so I started with, you know I like you, right? Were you starting to see Alyssa at this point as a potential marriage candidate? <sighs> I, no. Okay, I guess you just wanted her to be in the same position as uh, you know, most of the other people you were dating at this point who knew about your same-sex attraction. Well, right, and at that point I had gained a testimony of being yourself. And all of my friends, I was open with all of my friends, so, I mean, you can't really continue dating someone. Yeah, you, you wanted to bring Alyssa into that circle. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's it just, I, I w had made a commitment that I was going to be open, and she was in my circle. And, I mean, you do date hoping that something happens. I don't, I mean, I always had that hope. Um, and so she wasn't, I, things were going good. It's not like they weren't, and I was very excited about her. So so it was a potential, but nothing like, this is the woman I'm going to marry or anything like that. Yeah. Okay, so what happened then? Well, he started, like he said, and the first thing that I thought was, he's going to break up with me. Because I'd had somebody not terribly long before that who did break up with me by starting, you know, who started by saying, you know I like you, but... And then, the, you know, the, it goes on, but I don't like you like that, which is, you know, it's fair. And and he explained that there were situations he'd been in where that was true. Um, but I never said but. He didn't. He didn't. I just kept waiting for the but <laughs> to come. And it didn't. And then I was a little confused. Well, the next thing I said is that I like guys. Which has also been something that I've thought about a lot because gay people misunderstand same-sex attraction. People say that you're not really being honest with it and you're being closeted. But saying you like guys, I think everyone understands what that means. So. Yeah, and I did, and I instantly thought of all of the people who I work with who have those types of feelings and they pursue relationships with people 
who they like. <laughs> I liked you too. Well, then that was sort of my my issue was that I knew he liked me. Whether or not he was attracted to me, that was sort of a different issue, but I knew he liked me. And I kind of felt like there could be a potential in this in this situation. I was starting to see Joshua as a potential person that that I might be very interested in, um, not only just dating, but but maybe going a little bit farther and considering as a potential marriage partner. And um, and so, you know, I knew that there was more to the relationship that I had with him than I'd had in a lot of other dating experiences with with other um, men who I dated. And so I was I was still trying to figure out where he was. In terms of the statement, I like guys. Um, did, did it occur to you, or had it occurred to you by that point, that he seemed like that he might have same-sex attraction issues, or did he seem, you know, effeminate, or uh, did you wonder if uh, he might be gay? Well, it's funny. As soon as I had told my brother that I met somebody I liked, and he he was fun to dance with, my brother said, he's gay. <laughs> okay. Which was just weird. It was it was funny. I laughed. Ha ha. I was like, I don't think so. <laughs> um, but, but at the same time, I had been sort of struggling with the concept that, that there was something that was just a little different. And I'd finally put it together in my head that, it was just a couple days before Joshua actually told me um, that he really liked me, but he wasn't, like, sexually attracted to me. And I was completely okay with that, but I hadn't put that together with he might experience same-sex attraction. That was that was a leap that I wasn't quite prepared for, per se. So, um, so are you saying that before he told you that he liked guys – that you had figured out that he didn't seem sexually attracted to you? Yes. Okay. And that's that's as far as you had cognitively made it then. Right. Okay. And so uh, then he tells you he's attracted to guys. And Joshua, did you leave it at that? Or was there something more that you... Um, I mean, I guess that was, kind of, that was kind of it. That was the announcement. and uh, Or was there anything else to it? Alyssa probably remembers better than I do. It was all kind of fuzzy for me after that. I I know I did talk about that I was committed to the gospel and that I was looking to getting married to a woman in the temple. Okay, so really what it was is that I like guys, but I'm not... Um... I was very careful never to use the word but. Well... Well, I guess you, I'm assuming you made it clear to her that you were not sexually active with guys. Yes. Okay. And so the point was you wanted to let her know you're committed to the gospel, but you experience same-sex attraction. Well, you can say but. <laughs> and you experience same-sex attraction, and I still like dating you. Right. And I'd like to see where it goes. I, I probably didn't make that as clear as I should have. Okay. No, he did. I mean, the the entire conversation took probably three and a half to four hours. So it was lengthy. And what did you think, Alyssa? Um, by the time we got to the end of the conversation, I was actually really happy. So um, I had to sit down and think about a lot of different things. Um, and very quickly, uh, you know, by this, it was, he had to like get me back to my house after the date. And, and we talked that entire time. Um, it, it was quite, like I said, it was quite a lengthy conversation. Um, so, but he left and it was, it was really quite late at night at this point in time. Um, and, and I was turning things over in my head and thinking about them. And I had a couple of very, um, very memorable and very poignant spiritual experiences as I was contemplating, you know, what did this really mean? And 
what what did I want to do with all of this new information that I had. Um, but but I was um, really impressed that that I was probably going to end up marrying him at that point in time. Wow. So how soon was this after that night that you started feeling that way? No, same night. Oh, the same night. Wow. Okay. And um, I guess, Joshua, you were not feeling that way that quickly? No. I mean, it was still a very positive experience. I just, it was, things were going well. And particularly after coming out, it felt that, I mean, the floodgates just opened. And I was able to talk to her about all of the stuff that I had been wanting to talk to her but couldn't, which is why it's a blur. And it it felt like a huge burden was taken off my shoulders, and and I could go on with the relationship, which for me was amazing. I, I was planning on telling her after I came back from the trip because I didn't want to leave her for a whole week, just like, what have I done, you know? But that's what I ended up doing. Well, so you spent, I guess, three or four hours in this discussion. Um, I guess all, all you can remember, Joshua, is I like guys, and, and I still am committed to the church. And besides that, I guess it's sort of a blur. But um, Alyssa, are you able to recall what kinds of things did he tell you? What what kind of things did you talk about over that three and four hours? Um, I mean, we we talked a lot about... Um, just various issues around how he defined what he meant by liking guys and, um, told, he told, was able to tell me a lot, um, and really enlighten me because my previous experience with anybody who would say I like guys was, like I said, that they were actually pursuing relationships with people who, um, were of the same gender in that case. And so, he was able to talk to me more about um, the group that he was involved with, Exodus, at that time, and um, things that they talked about and issues they dealt with while they um, met, and just a, a myriad of different things that I had never really been exposed to previously, and um, helped me see that that he was he was really working um, towards his goal of of actually wanting um, to be able to be married to a woman in the temple. Um, so it, it was it was just a lot. We covered a lot of ground in that period of time. So Yeah, it seems like often when somebody's coming out or somebody says, I'm gay, that it seems like usually what they're saying is that they have been engaging in homosexual activity and they only feel now comfortable telling everyone about it. Um, we don't usually hear people announcing, I experienced same-sex attraction, but I'm not doing anything about it. Um, so I can imagine it probably took a lot of explaining for him to help you understand where he was coming from. And um, it's not, not the typical coming out story that we probably hear. Yeah, I would say it was very different. And I think part of that is there's not a lot of role models for people to follow. Like, I felt very much I was blazing my own path. Yeah. So if you wanted to come out and say, I'm having same-sex attraction, but I'm faithful to the gospel, a lot of people just wouldn't even know how to do that. Yeah, that's a good point. And I guess that was kind of why I wanted to bring it up, is that I think it is a good model. Um you know, sometimes when we've talked about this in, in some of the podcast interviews I have uh, conducted, I think it was Samantha that mentioned how she has not felt comfortable coming out to her ward. Um, you know, she's in a little bit different situation, you know, having been married for over 20 years, having two teenage sons. Um, but, you know, she mentioned how we don't usually go to church and say, I'm an alcoholic or, um, you know, I'm a smoker or, you know, we, we don't usually go and announce our sins um, or our temptations. And so there's not really a great model for it in the, in this, the case of same-sex attraction. Um, and especially in your situation, Joshua, you're in a singles ward, you're dating. Um, it seems like there might be more of an important reason to let people know that you're experiencing same-sex attraction. 
then um, it would be important maybe for someone who feels uh, an affinity toward smoking cigarettes uh, would, you know, might not be as necessary for that person, you know, to let everybody in their ward know that they've, you know, they, they really like cigarettes and they wish they could keep smoking, but they, you know, they, they're trying to overcome that. Um, what, what's Alyssa and Joshua both, what your, what is your take on that with respect to whether or not someone who's experiencing same sex attraction should be letting people around them know about that? Well, I would say from my point of view that, um, one of the things I appreciated about Joshua and the fact that, I mean, he was able to tell me that he had come out to his ward and, um, that, that pretty much everybody in the ward that I was meeting that were all the people he interacted with on a regular basis, they, they all knew already. Um, it, it was really enlightening to me to see the difference between, um, you know, if, if it's something that, I mean, because it is something that he still deals with. And um, in that type of an instance, any, any transgression that we have that is something that really is, fundamental to who we are and and it does affect us on a regular basis um it's really important for us to be able to be honest about what it is that we're feeling and what it is we're dealing with and to have people that can be a support for us in those situations so as far as i was concerned i thought it was more important at you know certain times in and even our marriage, um, for him to be more open with, with a group of people than at other times, depending on what he was going through. Um, and, and I think with, with any sin, you know, there, there needs to be some people who you can talk to. Now, whether that's the whole entire ward or not, that's an entirely different question. But, but being able to be open and honest with a group of people, it really, I think, can make or break your ability to deal with an issue and to, to change. And so for him at that point in time, that was something that was really critical for him to be comfortable with who he was and to be able to actually start tackling some of the things that he was dealing with. So it may be that in some circumstances, it's more important than others to to share the information and maybe some groups it's more important than others. But, um, with respect to the dating situation, um, what do you think, how important is it, and at what point in a dating relationship do you think it's important for uh, a person to share that information with the person they're interested in? I think that they should share that information before the other person has made an emotional commitment to the person. Um, I think after you've made an emotional commitment to that person, because there's people who can't handle that and there's people who just that won't work for them and and that's okay you know you don't not every person needs to be married to someone with same-sex attraction um but you you I, I think it's important for both sides that you don't make the other person feel like they're forced into it where they still have the options because you don't want them to feel guilty. Well, if I'm breaking up with him, is it because of the SSA? Is he going to feel bad because of the SSA? You want them to choose to want to be with you for who you are and to make that choice knowingly. Um, now, before that, it's hard to say. I I really appreciated um, the first woman I dated after coming out that she knew before I had really talked to her because she found out on my Facebook page. That was convenient. Um, and then I really enjoyed the fact that I um, told Alyssa fairly early on in our relationship. Um, but other people do wait till till later, and they seem to work out fine as well. Um, I think a lot of it has to do with personality. Some people are more private than others. I don't have a private personality. Um, and so for me, there is a bigger disconnect when I'm sharing everything about what I'm doing with everyone, um, to keep out something that's so pertinent to who I am versus someone who's very private in all of their dealings and not sharing a lot. It makes sense for them not to share everything. Yeah. So maybe in some circumstances, 
it would not be necessary. And it doesn't sound like you're recommending to everyone that they go and announce to their ward if they're experiencing same-sex attraction. But how do you? How important is it, do you think, for someone who is getting married to let the person to whom they're getting married know that they experience same-sex attraction? It is absolutely important. Our leaders have have said that they should disclose that information before marriage. And I would go for, step further and say they should disclose the information before there's any emotional commitment, um, which happens well before marriage. Okay. And, yeah. and so that happened in this situation. And um, how did things go with your dating experience, Alyssa, after Joshua announced this to you? Well, um, so at that point in time, um, I, I called and talked to my mom because like I said, I'd had these very couple, very poignant experiences that happened quite rapidly. Um, as soon as Joshua left me at my house that night and, and I, I was kind of at the point where I needed to like stop and breathe, but there were a lot of, my mind was racing. There was a lot of things going on. I was feeling a lot of weird things and I I wanted somebody to check in with. So I called my mom and it was the middle of the night, you know, but I called my mom anyway. And I said, um, mom, I have to talk to you about something that just happened and it's going to take a while. And she's like, okay. So, um, I told her, uh, briefly recap of what was going on and said, I think I'd like to continue to pursue this relationship. Am I crazy? And she said, no, I don't think you're crazy. And I said, okay. So that was kind of, I mean, it's like, now it was probably, it was super late. I don't even know. I, I needed to get a couple hours of sleep. Um, so, but while he was actually on his trip, um, we continued to talk pretty frequently, and um, it was a couple days after that that I, I actually um, broached the subject of perhaps becoming a more exclusive couple. And he said that was good because he'd already been telling people that I was his girlfriend. Um, so we, we continued dating, um, though I, I did say that I was interested um, and, and kind of at that point knew that this relationship would likely lead to marriage. I was in no way ready to make that leap yet. I just knew it was probably going to come eventually. So I was really excited to continue dating um, and, and just continue dating for as long as that process was, was going to take. How long did it take? A year. So you, a little over a year. from the time of the from the salsa dance uh, to the time you got married, it was about a year. Mm-hmm. Okay, a year, a month, and two weeks. <laughs> okay, and so Joshua, at what point did you start feeling like this was someone you wanted to marry? Six months. Okay, and how did that happen? Um. Well, I mean, so so I think a step that we're skipping is the development of a sexual attraction. Okay. Because that was not there when I came to her. Um, and gradually over, over time, I became more and more comfortable with making out, you know, and, and thinking it was kind of fun and enjoying myself on that. And... Yeah, so I, I was saying that this had some real potential, that it, I was starting to see her as a potential marriage partner. And it was after a particular date that I I was feeling the spirit very strong, and I felt God telling me to ask about marriage, and I wasn't ready for that. Because I thought it was too quick. I, I thought I needed lots of time. Um, and so I bargained with God. <laughs> and I got him to allow me to just ask if I should proceed as if we should marry, which is different. 
Um, and as soon as I asked that question, it was a very strong yes, you should. And and it actually made a huge difference for me because no longer did I have to, you know, wonder, because I think in a lot of my dating relationships, I, I think I'm a bit too analytical at time and would always analyze the situation, whether this was a good or not, or whether I want to be with the person for the rest of my life or not, which is not what you want to do on the first date. Um, but I stopped doing that because I was supposed to proceed as if I was going to marry her. And it made a huge difference. And it got to the point where it was shortly after that where I had enjoyed and was comfortable with making out. But it there is a definite switch where it went from being comfortable and something enjoyment to something that I craved. And it was a huge difference. And I was very sexually attracted to her. I had commands from God to proceed as if I was to marry her, and yeah, it was great. And so at what point did you decide that I need to proceed um, with marrying her, as opposed to, you know, on the assumption that this was something that was possible? Um, it, it, it moved fairly quickly. I realized I, I wasn't quite ready at that point to get married. That was six months. Um, but we, I don't, we started talking about, well, what if type things. And, but we, so it was, I don't know, it was all very fluid at that point in time. Well, when <laughs> did you get we, engaged? We, got, we decided we wanted to get married before we got engaged. Um, <laughs> we, we finally got engaged, um, in December, in December. and got married in March. Okay. And we met in February, so, yeah, February 1st is when we met. Um, and it's probably September 1st on your birthday where we realized we wanted to get married, but we weren't ready. So by the time you started to tell other people that you were engaged, was there any resistance that anybody had? Did anyone try to dissuade either one of you Especially you, Alyssa, I suppose, from getting married to someone with same-sex attraction. Um, and no, no, I, I, I mean, I hadn't. So all the, a lot of people in Joshua's circle knew um, about his same-sex attraction. Um, nobody that I talked to really brought it up to me. Um, and and certainly nobody like in his family or anything tried to tell me not to. They were actually very excited for both of us. Um, my like telling my my dad. My mom knew because she knew like as soon as I knew. Um, but neither one of us had broached that subject with my father. Um, but he was actually very open, um, and he. All he really cared about was that he could tell that I was happy in this situation and in this relationship. And he figured that if I was happy and I felt like um, I had confirmation from God that this was a good thing for me, that that's all he needed to hear. So, um, and, and then I guess a lot of my friends just knew I was dating this guy and they didn't really know that he had SSA. And so there was no reason for them to try to, to dissuade me from that decision. Um, so I really didn't have any resistance. At the same time, um, it was always something that I am careful to bring up with people because I do know that um, I have, you know, had friends who have themselves had friends who have had problems with people who, you know, did decide to go through a divorce because they were SSA um, and different things like that. So I, I knew that there were definitely horror stories out there. Um, and I just, I didn't necessarily want to expose myself to hearing a whole bunch of horror stories, if that makes sense. Um, though I knew that, that that could be a very real possibility. Yeah. How widely was it known within your family then that Joshua was experiencing same-sex attraction? 
Um, I mean, all of my immediate family knew very well. Um, even now, I don't know that a lot of my extended family members necessarily do. Okay. They could probably guess pretty easily. Uh, <laughs> not like it's really hidden. Well, but Joshua like had a conversation. Joshua tends to go on to you know the the comment sections of uh, newspaper articles, and um, he seems to have been pretty uh, active in uh, you know the, these the the same sex attraction issues, and and uh, so it seems like it wouldn't be too hard for people to figure out if they were paying attention. Exactly, and I wouldn't hesitate to tell them I just it's one of those conversation topics that's really intriguing because like Joshua had mentioned before like it to some people it's still a really big deal and to some people it's not at all so is it, it you know but you don't just like go and talk to your aunt and then say hey and so did you know that Joshua has SSA you know I don't know. It's kind of weird. Yeah, it doesn't so. doesn't seem like it's totally necessary, does it? Um, what about and the necessary is a big part part of it. Like, there's a lot of things about me that I haven't told a lot of people. Like, I happen to have been valedictorian at my high school, but I'd say most of my friends don't know about that. It's not because I'm closeted or <laughs> as scared to bring it up. It's just it's not something you tell everyone you meet. You know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, there are some things about us that are important to share and some that aren't, um, you know. And but if it brings up, if they are talking about it, then I don't have a problem saying, actually, I was valedictorian at my high school. Mm -hmm. You know, if someone's talking about giving speeches, I might bring up that speech that I gave. Mm -hmm. Now, what's your understanding, Joshua, of the um, frequency with which marriages are successful when there is a same-sex attracted partner? Um, there's, it's hard, those numbers are hard to come by. Um, there aren't that many studies. I do know of one study, and it just looked at people who did not reveal their same-sex attraction before getting married, so that's already starting off on a bad foot which I highly recommend against doing. Um, but they followed some couples after they came out, and in two-thirds of the cases, the, the spouse with SSA came out and said, I don't want to do this anymore. You know, several of them had, the guys had boyfriends or the girls had girlfriends, and they're like, we're breaking up. So... A huge majority of these cases that they followed, they broke up quickly after um, coming out because they were coming out and breaking up at the same time. Well, in other words, they're saying, I'm gay and I have a, a, a gay partner. Right. Right. And so that's just not a very good formula for success. Um, but of the ones that um, did not come out with a gay partner and were, were both partners wanted to make it worse. Because the other thing is um, you do see cases where the person with SSA wants to make it work, but the um, other partner doesn't want to deal with it. And I've actually met quite a few um, guys in my support groups where they're dedicated to the gospel, and they came up to their spouse, and then their spouse left them um, but even though they're doing everything that's right, just because the spouse didn't know how to deal with it. So both instances happen with it. But the people where both both spouses were trying to make it work, after three years, half of them were still together. So which is actually about the same as most marriages. Okay. So where you have people who want to be together and are trying to make it work and they're open about the same-sex attraction – it sounds like that those marriages are no less likely to succeed than any other types of marriages. Uh, that's what I've seen. Um, I've seen other studies that um, say that the success rate's even higher if the person comes out before marriage, but there is no hard numbers on that. So you have to remember that the study was only people who did not come out before marriage. Okay. And so... Alyssa, 
what can you tell us about your perspective on your marriage and, you know, the, the extent to which you, you feel like that this has been successful? Well, I would say that as far as, as I'm concerned, um, I, I'm incredibly happy with my marriage. Um, it's, it's been a very wonderful experience for me thus far, and I intend to make it last as long as I possibly can. How long have you been married by this point? I, I guess we, we haven't established how long ago you got married. It'll be three years in March. Okay. So, um, I mean, it, it hasn't all been incredibly easy, but I don't think anybody ever said marriage is supposed to be the easiest thing ever. Um, and it's it's been a lot of fun. Um, one of the things I've always really appreciated is that I always wanted a spouse who would be willing to talk about difficult issues with me and would be, um, who just really likes to be open and, and would be communicative. Um, and, and I certainly found a person who fit all of those categories. And one of the things that I thought was a really big blessing for me in my marriage was that we had to talk about some very serious, very in-depth, very emotionally um, charged issues well before we were ever even ready to be engaged. Um, and so having the ability to know that we could have conversations and, and have rational you know, discussions about things, even when they're you know, very emotionally charged, I think it it really helps with any marriage um, because when you do have situations that come up and every marriage will, um, we're able to stop and actually have a conversation rather than an argument or a debate or um, a fight over things. And, and I think that that's been just a huge recipe for success because because we, we simply sit down and talk to each other. And when we finally understand where the other person's coming from, then there's no need to argue or fight. We, we can just move on and make a decision. So that's one of the things that, that actually I would say has, has strengthened our relationship far beyond um, many relationships that I see around me. The fact that you're able to talk openly and honestly about things. Right. And that we learned that very early on in the relationship. That's one, definitely one of the benefits of having same-sex attraction. Uh, so the, the fact that Joshua has learned how to uh, be open and honest and, and talk about things was something he brought to the relationship, which was something you were looking for. And I guess you're saying that that fact has enhanced your marriage in other aspects as well. I think that's very true, yes. <laughs> And so what about the issue of same-sex attraction itself? How has that affected your marriage? Um, well, it is definitely something that, that plays into how I, well, how we even have structured, you know, our day-to-day -day living in a lot of ways, um, meaning things like, um, we've, we've learned that there are certain things that really help Joshua, you know, deal with his same sex attraction. He, he does still experience it and it is still something that he has to work to manage. It's very much, you know, you could say like an alcoholic who's overcoming alcoholism. Um, it's not something that's necessarily easy, but we've found certain things to help and to be a supportive spouse. It's something that I have to do to sort of check in and say, you know, I've noticed you haven't or you probably should think about doing X, Y, or Z um, just just to sort of, you know, on, on that maintenance front. Um, and, and when we are able to keep up with those things, um, it really, then it, it isn't an issue in our marriage. Um, and so... What kind of what kind of things are important to keep up on then? So I, I we talked a little bit about what causes um, same sex attraction, um, and for me, 
What I have found is that my relationship with other guys has been a key factor. I, I had a great relationship with my dad, so that really didn't play any relationship into causing anything. But I think my relationship with guys has been a huge part in in the SSA and being able to have positive male interaction in a healthy way, you know, um, totally non-sexual has been very key for me to overcome it. So being able to go out and play sports with other guys or have one-on-one time with them and have guy time, I think me and it seems a lot of men with us to say feel guilty and want to be with our wives all the time because that's what good husbands do. And my wife is always good on saying, no, you need to go out and have guy time with other guys. Okay. Well, it's nothing radically, you know, different. Just making sure that it actually gets done. Yeah, it's but it's something I need to do, which seems odd. Like, I need to play with guys. And I it's actually hard for me. I want to work <laughs> and do things. Yeah. But in order to, to help maintain um, your perspective on having uh, non-sexual relationships with men, it's important to, to develop that and, and you know, keep um, those types of relationships, the non-sexual relationships going. Yes. Is that, is that what you're saying? Yes. I very much crave being with men. And I think sexual intimacy is stronger than other types of intimacy. Um, so if I don't get other types of intimacy, I'm going to crave the stronger type of intimacy, which isn't what I want to crave. Yeah. Um, so if I, that, that's the way it works for me and I'm not saying it works like that for everyone, but if I can get other healthy, intimate relationships with men, intimate as in emotionally and just socially, um, then it helps a lot. Yeah. Now you mentioned, um, you know, your perspective on what has caused your same-sex attraction, and I'm not sure we've really fleshed that out. Um, do you have an opinion as to how it is that you develop same-sex attraction? I think it's a combination of genetics, prenatal hormones, and environment. Um, I seem to have a lot of characteristics typical of men with SSA. I am a good dancer, um, I'm very sensitive, um, um, and but I think some of these issues contributed to me not having good relationships with male peers, and I always felt found myself on the outside of male relationships, um, and it hurt. I wanted to feel part of the male world, and I understood women a lot better. Um, I got along with them. They weren't different. They weren't exotic. Men were different. Men were exotic. I still sometimes find myself marveling how men work because it seems on several ways they don't work the way that I work. Um, and so I, I think that in, in that respect, they became exotic and different where women were comfortable and familiar and therefore not exotic. Okay. Alyssa, are there advantages that you found to being married to someone with same-sex attraction? Well, I think, like like I said, ability, ability to communicate um, is is a big one. Um, like Joshua just said, he's he is sensitive, um, which is really great for me because he picks up when I'm in a bad mood, and he definitely um, is very willing to try to make sure that, you know, that my needs are taken care of as well. Um, and um, it is it is definitely true that um, he's, he's willing to, to take time to be with me. You know, that, and I think, I think a lot of men um, who are married to women, you know, they, they do take time for their wives. Um, I just always appreciate the fact that um, he does make that a priority. And I don't know if that has anything to do very much with his SSA or not, but but it just definitely has worked for our relationship really well, that, that I appreciate that he, he does 
you know, as much as he likes to work hard and do things and he wants to, to make sure that he's in a good place, he always makes sure to also set aside time for me. Um, and certainly it is a benefit that I know that he's not attracted to other women. So, you know, it, it's one less thing I have to worry about. In what ways do you support Joshua with respect to his same-sex attraction? We talked about, um, you know, trying to make sure that he gets out and, and is able to hang out with guys occasionally. Are there any other things that you do to help support him? Um, well, we definitely still have an open relationship where he can talk about uh, different situations that come up or different things that he encounters. Um, I think overall I try to make sure that we – we just keep ourselves in situations where it's not going to be as much of an issue. Um, you know, things like that affect what entertainment we might go and choose to see um, or something like going to the beach um, can be scary at times. Um, but I, I don't think it's going to be a lot different whether your husband is attracted to men or women um, because they're, they're – plenty of people of both genders who are running around with not much on at the beach um, in, in either of those cases. Um, and so, you know, at least though I mean, we still go and, and participate in those types of activities, um, it will be something that after we're done, you know, either at the end of that day or the end of the weekend or something, um, we'll have a conversation, be it very brief, um, where I'll just check in and say, hey, you know, is there anything going on now that, you know, we, we've we been there and, and experienced that, um, where, you know, I just try to be sensitive to the fact that he, you know, different situations may be trigger points. And um, so so just, I mean, really it's, it's more, um, I think, my role in, in dealing with his, his same-sex attraction is really one of just being there to be supportive and be um, sort of a, a person that he can check in with and, and touch base with um, more than, than anything else. Um, and in most other ways, you know, it's our marriage relationship is, is pretty much what you'd expect of any, any marriage. So, Or better. In what ways do you think he supports you in dealing with his same-sex attraction? Certainly willingness to be open about it is probably one of the biggest ways that supports me. Um, I know that no matter what, um, even if it's not an answer that I'm going to want to hear, um, he'll give me an honest answer. And so it's it's really important to me to know that that he's not going to try to hide what's going on and he's not going to try to cover it up or brush it under a rug. You know, he'll, he'll give me the truth. And that really gives me the confidence that I need to be able to, to also be able to do the same for him. What have been some things you two have done to help strengthen your marriage? So every week we have the companionship inventory, which it's kind of like what I did on my mission, um, where we do talk about the week. And it's not just me and what I'm going through. It's also her and what she's going through. I mean, because there's several things that go on in a marriage. Um, and it's not all about SSA by any stretch of the imagination. But, yeah, and taking the time out for each other, I... I do like that I can go out with other guys and, you know, be able to get my guy time and then come back and focus. I think I can focus on her more when I do that, where I can really make her a priority and make her feel like she's loved, like every woman deserves. Yeah, I, I would like to second that because I think, like, his his ability to focus on his needs gives him the ability to focus more on mine from time to time. And I I always look forward to those times where he will come back and, and really make me a priority. And 
And that's a very special moment in a marriage. So. How do you handle letdowns in your marriage? For all things, I think we're, we're, we, I think we're doing really good. I think it was really hard at the beginning of the marriage just because I think things were so much bigger back then. <laughs> um, so, but for me, one of the big things was, was realizing that she loves me no matter what. And that even if she might say some things she doesn't mean, which I'm learning that women do quite frequently, <laughs> um, that that's okay, that she really does love me and that she really does want to be with me. And, and often she's just trying to be understood. Um, so, and the biggest thing also is probably being able to turn to the Lord. Being able to look to him for guidance and being able to pray together and read the scriptures together. She went through the church's 12-step program. Went, we went through the books together, and that was good for both of us, you know, to be able to see how the process works. And because I make mistakes and she makes mistakes, it's okay. Questions or comments about this episode can be sent to podcast at fairlds.org or join the conversation at fairblog.org. Tell your friends about us and help increase the popularity of this podcast by subscribing in iTunes and by writing a review. Music for this episode was provided courtesy of Lawrence Green. The opinions expressed in this podcast are not necessarily the views of The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints or of FAIR.